there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> Love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Welcome to Special Teams, a production of iHeartRadio. Inside special teams with Jason Smith and Mike Harmon, the podcast that looks back at special teams from individual years in sports history and what made them so relevant. Today, we are looking back at two special teams the 1990 1991 New York Giants and San Francisco 49ers, who met in the NFC Championship game in the final game Joe Montana would ever start. For the 49ers. No one thought it was going to happen back then, but that's the way it played out. Of course, everybody remembers the Super Bowl uh, the following week in which the Giants beat the Bills. Scott Nord wide right. But this Giants 49ers NFC Championship game is one of the greatest games in NFL history. And it was two teams that were steaming towards a Super Bowl. And really this year, Mike, was about three teams. It was about the Giants, as good as they were, the 49ers. And in the AFC, it was the Bills, who were running roughshod over everybody with the K-Gun. And it was great, but it was kind of one of those, well, the newfangled AFL-type football that, <laughs> that nobody really thought could win, you know, all the way back, you know, in days of the Chargers and the Jets. Well, here are the Bills. All they're doing is throwing the football all over the field and running these crazy-ass plays, but the Niners and the Giants, uh, these are traditionally good football teams, and hey, between those three teams, you knew one of them was going to win the Super Bowl. Run the ball and play defense. <laughs> Control the <laughs> clock. I mean, three yards in a cloud of dust is what we still wanted to see, even though we were enamored with, like you said, that those Charger teams, right? Great Stratomatic teams of our times, the Dan Marino winging it around for the Dolphins. Uh, and then you get to, to Jim Kelly and, and company, but it was, can you get over, right? You're, you're there every year. You're competing every year, but it's still the tried and true formula of football as we'd known it that was winning out. And I think that was frustrating to many folks, no question about it. But here it was, all right, what's going to give? 
So this season that was leading towards the NFC championship game, the New York Giants were terrific. This is in the annals of history as the Giants, potentially their greatest team. They started out 10-0. and 0. Their defense, of course, incredible, led by Lawrence Taylor. They allowed the fewest points in the NFL, 13 points per game. They played seven playoff teams in the regular season. They were veteran heavy. I mean, this this was a team where, of all those great giant defenses led by LT, this might have been the best one. And the Giants clearly won on defense all season long. Their offense was just good enough. You know, Phil Sims had already won a Super Bowl in 1986 and he was still the quarterback now a few years later. But this wasn't where the Giants would score a ton of points and hey, this is no, this was our defense is going to take us as far as we're going to go here. Yeah, the Giants gave up more than 21 points in a game just once. Their first loss of the season, late November, right? You're talking Thanksgiving week where they get pummeled by the Eagles. Otherwise, you're talking nine games where they gave up 10 points or fewer. I mean, that's just ridiculous. It goes into those, you know, 2,000 Ravens, 85 Bears, the Steel Curtain, all, all of those purple people eater type defense that, that you talk about. Uh, but... In the largest uh, of it, you got one or two guys that get called out for their greatness. And I don't know that the team necessarily gets the recognition it deserved for what they did for that full season. It was a time in the NFL where I think because we had seen the Giants play so well for so long, it was just another year. You know, okay, real, sure. realize, yeah. but you look back at it and go, boy, this was the best year, but we had seen them win on defense. We'd seen Lawrence Taylor do his thing and make so many incredible plays. Look, the guy's the best defensive player I've ever seen. And, you know, but when you see it after a while, it's okay. There's the giants. Yeah, they're good. They're really good. Just, just like they normally are. <sighs> it's the giants. I mean, well, that's kind of what we were. I think again, it goes to the style points, right? To why Buffalo's offense, the way it ran was exciting. But you were skeptical that it was was durable for a long haul and for that Super Bowl run. So as the Giants start 10-0, and 0, the 49ers start great as well. And everybody starts looking towards Week 13, Monday Night Football, Giants and the 49ers. The build-up to the game of the year. As, as Burma used to always say, Super Bowl blank and a half. Like, this is, this is that Super Bowl. <laughs> uh, the build-up to this game was immense. The Giants were playing. The main thing the Giants did well offensively was they didn't turn the football over. They had 14 turnovers in the regular season. You're talking about less than one turnover per game, you're going to win a lot of football games that way. Meanwhile, the Niners were the normal 49ers, right? They were the Super Bowl champions the previous two years. They were great. Jerry Rice became the fourth wide receiver ever with 100 catches in a season. He set a team record with five touchdowns in a game against Atlanta. Montana set a record with 476 yards passing and six touchdowns in the same game. I mean, the, this is the the three-peat. The Niners are going for the first three-peat. Sorry, Pat Riley. I owe you, I owe you money. And Seven bucks. And what was what was going to get in their way? The New York Giants. They were the only team. But clearly, in the pantheon of which team was better, you sided with the 49ers coming off the fact they were the Super Bowl champions the last two years. The Giants were kind of starting to kind of trying to hang on a bit to the, the, the era that they had built up with their great defense over the past few years. 
Yeah, I mean, when when you look at it from a statistical standpoint, you knew what the the 49ers were capable of. Even against the better defenses, you were always waiting on that next connection from Montana to Rice. Now, Montana wasn't as efficient, right? They go he goes 14 and 1 as a starter, but 16 interceptions against 26 touchdowns that year. You know, one of those where your eyebrow raises just a little bit as it were, still scrambling well, still getting to the edges pretty well. But it's Jerry Rice making plays, Roger Craig doing Roger Craig things. I stump for him for the Hall of Fame Mm, uh, as often as I can. I love that guy. Uh, And then Brent Jones was their second leading receiver, man. He had 56 (laughs) catches. He's a full 44 catches off of what Jerry Rice put up. Well, who else are you going to throw the football to? I mean, I'm throwing it to Jerry. Who else? Nah, nobody else. It's really hard hard to fight that, right? Yeah. So this Monday night football game in week 13... Was seven to three. Yay. 49ers win this game seven to three. Their defense shuts the Giants down. The Giants are down seven three. They had first and goal from the nine yard line in the fourth quarter. They eschewed a field goal. They went for the touchdown. They didn't make it. They got the ball back with 36 seconds left in the game, and Phil Sims got the Giants to the Niners' 27 yard line. So had they kicked a field goal before, they could have kicked a field goal there and won. But on the final play of the game, Sims is sacked by Kevin Fagan, and I'll always remember this, Sims gets up and just slams the football down to the ground. He was so pissed off. The (laughs) Niners win this game 7-3, and it was Super Bowl blank and a half, and it was the first NFL game broadcast live in England. So England's saying, oh, we're going to get the Niners and the Giants, these two great teams, and are there any points? There's there's only 10 points in the game? This is not, not, not the first... Uh, taste of American football I think the NFL was expecting England to get in this game televised. Well, especially if you're going to shoot field goal opportunities. They love their kickers. Well, they'll love Matt Barr and oh, we'll have more on Matt Barr coming up. Yeah, but I mean, 7-3, you know, this is where midway through the second quarter you start selling it Mm -hmm. as a couple of defensive stalwarts (laughs) and the, you know, chess match between head coaches and defensive coordinators. Look at him, he's got a pencil behind his behind his right (laughs) ear. serious he's got a pencil behind his ear look at he just pulled up his play sheet in front of his mouth he's upset he is upset with that last alignment so the road to the rematch in the nfc championship game the giants have to change quarterbacks phil sims breaks his foot week 15 against buffalo and jeff hostetler comes in now you all know what he did in the super bowl and winning but it's not like he came in and started throwing touchdowns all over the place the giants still won games squeakers because of their defense they beat chicago sorry buddy in their divisional playoff game tom zack yo mike tom zack threw two picks neil anderson only ran for 19 yards they crushed chicago in this game i just remember always jimmy the greek I like Anderson. Yeah. <laughs> he loved, he was obsessed with the, with Neil Anderson. I'm not sure why. Remember, this is also the NFL where we're still running with three divisions and then three wild cards. Right. So it's still the old format as you roll through. But yes, I'm going to do everything I can to deflect thinking about Tom Zeck and the Bears. Yeah, I mean, the, the Giants win this game pretty easy and uh, their formula is very simple. We control the football. Uh, Hosteller makes plays when he has to. He make more plays with his legs than Phil Sims does. We're going to run the football well. We're going to play great defense, and that's how we're going to win. And that was the Giants. Hustler had to complete 10 passes in that game. 
Uh, you know, 10, sometimes you got to throw the ball 10 times. Ten, no, no, get this. 10 of 17, yeah. 112, and two touchdowns. Yeah. Yeah, I think back to the, that game, <laughs> and it, it's just maddening. It's like you're not even forcing the issue. So this is where the Giants and 49ers meet in a legendary NFC Championship game, a game that turned on three plays and one play that I don't think the 49ers ever got over. That's coming up next right here on Special Teams. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid Mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. So we are all set for the NFC Championship game for the ages, the Giants and the 49ers. And just like the first game, Monday Night Football, that they played earlier in the year, this was a defensive struggle. Matt Barr and Mike Kofer, the two field goal kickers, exchanged field goals. It's 6-6 at halftime. There was really only one offensive play all the way up till the fourth quarter. This was a 61-yard touchdown pass from Joe Montana to John Taylor. Everson Walls goes for the interception. He misses it. It's the only touchdown of the game. It gives the 49ers a 13-7 lead, even though they didn't really score. Montana played well. I mean, look, this turned out to be the last game he would start for the 49ers, but he was 18 out of 26 for 190 and a touchdown, but you were only going to get so much against this Giants defense, Mike, so it's not surprising that they shut him down as much. But still, for Montana, this was a pretty decent game. Yeah, I mean, certainly not expecting a scoring fest with these two teams getting after it. Montana, the clean sheet. 
the big thing you're looking for is turnovers, right? That's where the Giants feasted over the course of the season. 18 for 26, not exactly world beating. And let's face it, when we got to halftime and you're talking 6-6, you know, in the 2020, when we're talking about having events with no fans, that would be the reaction anyway to a 6-6 halftime. A lot of folks looking around I'm at all, each other I'm going, I'm out, what are, I'm like, what are we doing here? Like, there's no cheering until uh, whatever the halftime entertainment was uh, starts rolling up. Uh, so 18 to 26, 190, absorbed three sacks. It's not world beating. It's not flashy. But again, owing to the the box scores of the time, we we weren't lighting it up all no, over the it, field. It, look, right? And I still thought the Niners were going to win this game because they always pulled out games like this. I mean, look, this this is the Niners going for a three-peat. No one had ever done that. And you're used to seeing them, hey, when, when the plays get big, the Niners are the team that make them. And we go to the, you know, we, we go into the fourth quarter of this and the, the Niners have the lead and there was no way I thought they weren't going to win this game. Well, that's it, right? I mean, one big play, Joe Cool at the helm. You're talking about all those veterans, all these would-be and future Hall of Famers. Hell, all these years later, we're still fighting over how many more of these guys should be getting in. No inches given on either side, so you earned every one of those uh, extra points. This game goes to the fourth quarter with the 49ers holding a 13-9 lead, and this is where the game turns. Early in the fourth quarter, Jeff Hostetler gets hit in the knees by Niners DT and former giant Jim Burt, right? Hostetler, who had come in and played pretty well for Phil Sims uh, since Sims got hurt. Uh, Hostetler was okay, but the Giants, to a man, said that fired them up. And when they got back on the field, they wanted payback because they thought Burt hit Hostetler illegally. Now, again, Hostetler comes back in and plays, but the next 49ers drive, Joe Montana rolls out away from pressure. Lawrence Taylor's coming in. He evades him. He rolls out looking downfield. And this is the part that, that gets George Seifert, 49ers head coach, is that on this play, John Taylor was wide open way downfield. Mm -hmm. And another second or a half second, and Montana's able to at least release this pass, and maybe it's a touchdown and the game's over. But instead, Montana gets hit by Leonard Marshall harder than I've ever seen him hit in his entire NFL career. Marshall just crumples him from behind. You see this video of it. It's, it's Montana looking like he's going to throw, and then suddenly you can see the pain on his face as his body contorts. Bruce Sternum, broken finger on his throwing hand, and a concussion. Montana is knocked out of the game. He stays on the ground for a good couple of minutes. The ball comes loose, but the Niners recover it, so at least they hold on to the ball. Marshall said it was the biggest play of his NFL career. And I mean it. I have never seen Joe Montana hit that hard. And to think about that's how he really went out as a 49er. He already had back trouble, and this hit did him in. And it was, oh, my goodness, look at what just happened to Joe Montana. Well, this is one of the big pushes where he eventually started uh, hawking for anything that had copper in it, uh, <laughs> trying to get himself back in, in shape. I'm wear a copper to, belt so I can uh, be okay with it. No, I, that's just it. After just getting absolutely obliterated uh, in this particular play, and and you recognize guys have their shelf lives, and and you see how many big hits they take, and some some are more damaging that aren't 
that egregious on tape, right? We know the obvious when there's the, the Joe Theismann and, and, and some of the big hits we've seen lay out quarterbacks. But you go through the process, some of those that are the innocuous, well, he got taken down a little bit awkwardly. And then you go back and look and it's like, all right, his ankle bent this way or his knee buckled a little bit here as he got hit. And all of a sudden you recognize, wow, there's a lot of damage uh, that was later diagnosed. And for Joe Montana, the the years have, have already taken a bunch of hits add up and you already had the heir apparent. So that's the other part that hangs in the balance here of, well, not quite a hundred percent, not Joe cool. And the fact that you hung an L on him here, that's huge. So Montana comes out of the game and the giants get the ball back down 13, nine, but the Niners defense holds. And then the giants Play number two that turned this game for them in the fourth quarter. Three big plays. Leonard Marshall was the first. This one was the second. Down 13-9. They're punting from their own 41-yard line, and they call a fake punt. And Gary Reasons, who's a linebacker and the upback, runs for 30 yards. Only the kick return, the putt returner, stopped him from getting in the end zone. This is a linebacker that shouldn't be running for more than seven or eight yards in a first down. This completely <laughs> took the 49ers by surprise. He looked like he was in turbo yards. mode. I mean, yeah, watching yeah. him go, go. No one's taking him down. They completely had no idea this was coming. Now, the defense stiffens and holds and, and holds the Giants to a field goal. But this play, this is one of the, one of the most guts calls you'll possibly see when it's a one-score game from your own 41-yard line. You're going to bring in a new quarterback, Steve Young, with a short field when you're going to give him, a, you know, just get a few yards for what could be a game-clinching field goal. What a gutsy call by Bill Parcells and the Giants. And this, you know, makes it a one-point game with just a few minutes left to go. I've probably watched this play now 50 times since you and I started talking about this game. There's no rhyme or reason to it. Right, just a, a brilliant call, uh, executed perfectly, and you can just see the San Francisco response. Like he's 15, 20 yards before he gets touched. So it's 13 12. There's five and a half minutes left in the game. The Niners get the ball back, and here comes Steve Young. Steve Young, who had been the quarterback and waiting for a long time, and now obviously his time was coming sooner after that Joe Montana hit. But this is not Steve Young, future Hall of Famer. This is Steve Young, who has a lot of talent, but still has not gotten a lot of chances, not a lot of reps, and he comes into the game cold, trying to kill the clock and hope the 49ers can win the game. Now, he threw exactly one pass. In this game, he throws a 25 yard completion to Brent Jones, which gets the Niners out of the shadow of their own end zone. And then Roger Craig gets a first down in the six yard run, right? This is how tough it was for the Niners. That was their first rushing first down of the day. And now you were down under three minutes and the Niners are maybe one first down away from winning. You know, young has already completed one pass. Cause look, Brent Jones gets behind the defense. The giants bring him down. Young is feeling a little confident. Now Roger Craig is feeling confident and you're thinking, okay, boy, it's been a big run from the giants, but still the Niners look like they have enough. And on the next play, the Giants flood the box. Eric Howard, getting double teamed, forces a fumble with his helmet on Roger Craig. Roger Craig, who had fumbled on the very first play of the game, but luckily San Francisco recovered. So, hey, he'd already had trouble holding on to the football once. Now, 
Eric Howard just happens to get his helmet on the ball, and it's one of those plays where you can tell he just got hit earlier than expected. Well, you know, because obviously with the Giants closing, look, everybody's trying to get in the backfield. He knows he's going to get hit. He gets to the line. It looks like he's looking for a way to get out, and he just gets hit earlier than he thought. The helmet hits the football, knocks it out, and Lawrence Taylor is right there to fall on the football. Giants ball. The Niners offense is off the field, and this is what is happening now. This 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 49ers dynasty is now crumbling because the Giants don't make, Like, you can't kill them. It's like Jason Voorhees in, in a Friday the 13th movie. <laughs> you think the Giants are dead. All right, but they get this one play. All right, but now they're dead. All right, they get one more play. All right, but now they're dead. No, now they're in control of the game and can win it with a field goal because they have the football, they have time left, and it's not a lot of, it's not a lot of yards they have to get to for a game-winning field goal. He fumbled twice in 166 touches during the regular season. Over the course of his career, fumbled 42 times. Mm. Then one that comes up absolutely huge here because you talk about the potential to keep this train running one last time, right? The last dance. Yeah. Oh, do I owe somebody money for no, that? No, no, no. It's okay. It's not like Michael Buffer or Pat Riley. No, you're Pat good. Riley's not going to come yeah, no, 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 creeping through my phone line you're, waving at me. Abs- <laughs> no, no, you're uh, fine. You're absolutely fine. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, their last run, I mean, with, with Montana um, buckling and, and that bacchiotomy in order and some of the other veterans that we look at on either side of the ball, I mean, this is it. And for Roger Craig, this could have been a, a career definer, uh, and instead it is the other way. He won't talk about it. Like, it's a really tough thing to get him to talk about that fumble you got a feeling that he looks back what's my one regret what's the big regret of my career that fumble because that's that, that stopped a three-peat if he doesn't right. fumble and they don't turn the ball over do they really stop the Niners they have to Niners have to not get a first down punt it and the Giants have to drive down the field enough to get Matt Barr in range for a field goal we'll get to Matt Barr more in a couple of seconds so if he doesn't fumble he's like boy that's we're legendary we're, we're three-time defending Super Bowl champions but he fumbles the Giants take over, and Jeff Hostetler makes a couple of huge plays because they still had to drive to get into field goal range. Mm-hmm. He has a huge completion of Mark Bavaro, a huge one to Stephen Baker, who, oh, by the way, would have a, you know, a couple of big plays in the Super Bowl. And that sets up Matt Barr for the game-winning field goal on the final play, and they win the game 15-13. Now, I told you watching this game, I remember the Niners winning this, and you feel like, okay, they're going to find a way to win. But going back to watch this again for this episode, obviously knowing how the game ended, but now I watched it from the perspective of, boy, you just feel like in the fourth quarter, no matter how tough it was, the Giants were going to make one more play than the Niners, and they were going to win. And that's really what they did. They made one more play than the 49ers to win this football game. One play is going to decide it, right? There's nobody running away and hiding, nor did you have the inclination that that was ever going to happen. So you're slowly just inching up in your seat. It's like watching horror movies like you like to do, <laughs> right? You always wanted to be the old guy sitting on the porch warning anybody and then having a closed-circuit television whereby you could watch the carnage because they didn't listen. Same thing here. There's the anticipation But that big play never comes. That breakaway play never comes, except in the form of the Roger Craig fumble. Mm. And as the old man on the lawn, drinking your Bartles and James with your straw hat, going, (laughs) I told you. (laughs) 
You had the famous Pat Summerall call. There will be no three-peat that Niners fans can still hear. Uh, you know, the shock of the Giants winning this. I remember Lawrence Taylor after the game was asked about the win, and he said, yeah, we won. Nobody believed in us, and we're going to the Super Bowl. We're going to win that game, too. And it was shocking how the Giants were able to do this and, and win this game. But really underrated, all right, you had Matt Barr. Made mm-hmm. five out of six field goals in this game at Candlestick, which is not the easiest place in the world to kick. Three, did you ever get to a game there? Uh, yes, I did actually get to a game Candlestick. Because that, that place was a hole and it was yeah. impossible to get out of. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, they had the fog, though, and the fog is always fun. The, well, with the fog rolling in, just like Seager yeah. saying about fog, all the those fog years rolling ago. in, made it seem like it was a really great field. But it was. I mean, <laughs> you see the divots in the field, and you're kicking forty yard field goals. Which yeah. in 1991, it's not like now, where if you're kicking from forty yards out, your kicker's got to make it. We have better kickers now than we've ever had in the NFL. This is five out of six, and three of them for forty yards out. That's about as unlikely as you can get. You know, and this is from a guy who was doubtful for the game earlier in the week because he hurt his neck against the Bears, and he was only kicking for the Giants because Raul Allegre got hurt earlier in the year. That's how unlikely this was. And here's Matt Barr, Giants hero, five field goals in the NFC Championship game, almost didn't play and almost didn't even kick for the team. Like we always talk about, you're going to find a hero from an unknown source, right? One big play, whether it's that backup linebacker who's in for a play or two because the guy needs a blow on a long protracted drive and all of a sudden he's got the fresh legs or the kick returner comes up and puts you in good field position here. You actually celebrate the kicker. Mm. George Seifert after the game uh, or later years said that game, he doesn't think the 49ers ever forgave him for losing that game. Like it was, it was such a tough deal. And the Niners say this, this sent our organization into a tailspin. And clearly it was the, wasn't the end of the 49ers dynasty. It was the end of the Joe Montana dynasty. And, uh, you know, for George Seifert, it was, Hey, this game, we were supposed to win. We had the NFC championship game at home. We were the best team in the NFL. We had them come into our place and we still couldn't win this game. And it didn't quite send the 49ers into a tailspin, but it completely changed them for the next few years. As crazy as that is, it changed the Giants worse. We have that yeah. more coming up next right here on the Special Teams Podcast, Montana's End. What was up for the Niners and the Giants in their future following this game? There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. 
Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values, premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. So what was next for both of these teams, the Giants and the 49ers, the best teams in the National Football League following the 1991 NFC Championship game? It actually turned out to be somewhat of the end of an era for both teams because as great as they were, this moment in time, and the Giants had one more week because they won the Super Bowl in a game in one of the most historic Super Bowl games ever— both of these Titanic franchises had to turn the page. The Niners turned the page a little bit better. The Giants turned it way worse. But, of course, the Niners turned the page without Joe Montana, who up until that point was the best quarterback in the history of the NFL. Well, it's a nice fallback option, right? A guy you spent a lot of money on. Because that was the other thing, going back to the the Seaford comment of, of our second segment here, was you, you thought you had the guy, even in a pressure pack situation without a lot of reps, that it would just be a seamless transition. And unfortunately, 530 left in the game wasn't enough to make it happen. But we're talking about two of the storied franchises in the National Football League, and they go in very different directions here as to the futures. So the Giants win the Super Bowl, and you think, okay, they're just going to continue on with this dynasty. After the season, Bill Parcells retires. Tom Coughlin is offered the job, but leaves to become the head coach at Boston College. I don't want to take over for Bill Parcells. The guy's a legend. He just won two Super Bowls. Instead, running backs coach Ray Handley gets the job. Bill Belichick is passed over for the head coaching job. So the Giants could have had Bill Belichick. No. Could have had Tom Coughlin. No. Guys that have combined for eight Super Bowls. And instead, they hire Ray Handley, who is widely viewed as one of the worst head coaches in NFL history. I mean, the Giants players didn't like him. It was one of those situations where right away you knew, how long is Handley really going to be here? How long? I mean, because it, it's not going to be very long because this is just not working with the New York Giants. He didn't like Bill Belichick's leadership abilities. That's what George Young said. <laughs> he didn't like him. He had a negative review when it came to Belichick's ability to lead. Think about that for just a second. You may not like the the way Bill Belichick goes about his business. You, as a Jets fan, hate him for a million reasons. Sure. But leadership ability is yeah. never something you've ever yeah. put into your mouth no. uh, as questioning, right? When we talk about the pantheon of NFL coaches, we just commemorated the life and times of Jerry Stiller recently who passed away at 92, famously playing Vince Lombardi in a series of ads. Uh, and we talk about perennial, just dominant coaches. Bill Belichick for two decades is the 
the leader among all leaders. I mean, there's TED Talks and things where folks try to glean any insight from two seconds of audio on a, on a post-game press conference. And here he couldn't get the job because um, I guess Handley went to Stanford. Uh, yes, I, very important. I guess yes, that's what it comes down to because he was a smart guy that went to Stanford. Well, and also, you know, look, the thing about Belichick's leadership is that he needed to break a few eggs with the Browns when he finally got the head coaching job. You know, a few sure. years later, uh, he made mistakes, right? You're, you're cutting Bernie Kosar and people are picketing and boy, you got to really do things a little bit differently. And then he it's figured also things the Browns. out. Right. But then he figured things out. Oh, if I get the other team's plays, things are a lot easier. I draft Tom Brady. Oh, how hey, dare you? Works out. Hey, oh, hey, I'm hey. Just saying, you know, it wasn't so widely you know, out of the realm to say, I don't, don't know about Bill Belichick's, you know, leadership abilities, but still, you know, at the time it, nobody knew, but still you look back and go, man, they could have had either one would be a great job. Instead they get Ray Hanley. I mean, Hanley who presides over the giants and in the following season, Sims and Hostetler battle it out. Hostetler wins the job, but then he gets hurt. Sims finishes the season. They go eight and eight. Things are not the same. A year later, Ray Hanley is fired. And suddenly, as as much as you thought, well, the Giants are going to be one of those teams that they win Super Bowls every couple of years. Nope, it was over. It was over, and they're into trying to make things work with Dave Brown as their quarterback. And, you know, can Rodney Hampton be someone that carries the load for us? And things change for the Giants really fast. You go from where they were, standing on top of the football world, NFC Championship game, Lawrence Taylor, this defense playing as well as they are, Parcells. And then two years later, not only is it over, it looks like this era was a bygone era. And it was like 20 years ago they had all these guys. As we always talk about, how a blink of an eye. I mean, and nothing changes faster than an NFL team, whether guys age out, right, and they just can't play anymore, or you have situations like the 2013 Seahawks that we talk about so often. There's one of the great case studies for building a franchise and also watching its timeline, right? Here with the Giants, it was, well, we hired the wrong coach. And watch how quickly this can disintegrate. Mm. For the 49ers, things are a little differently because it wasn't just the end for Montana. Uh, in the offseason, Roger Craig and Ronnie Lott left unprotected uh, in the offseason draft, which, which they used to have back in the 90s, and both wind up going to the Raiders. You know, and, and and just think about for Montana's career and the way it does, Roger Craig's career ends with a fumble. And the only reason yeah. we don't talk more about that is it's overshadowed by Joe Montana because Montana would try to come back and play the next season and he would blow out his elbow in the preseason. So he misses all of 1991 and into 1992. So this is Montana coming back from all these injuries, blows out his elbow, and now he's 34, 35 years old and the Niners know we have to move on at this point. All right, they know that Montana is huge and he's part of their past, but they got to move on. Steve Young gets the job because Montana gets hurt. He winds up winning the passing title the first year, but the Niners missed the playoffs. But it didn't matter because it was now Steve Young's team. You know, they knew we have to make this move. We have to make the transition. It's not going to be very popular, but we got to move on to Steve Young's team. So they go into 1992 and Steve Young is the quarterback and they go 14 and two and that cements it. Montana plays one more game for the 49ers in a meaningless Monday night football game on December 28th against Detroit. San Francisco had the number one seed clinched. Montana comes off the bench, throws a couple of touchdowns and over a hundred yards in the second half against the Lions and they win 24 to six. But that was it. 
Montana's last game as a 49er, only came in to mop up for Steve Young. I mean, that was it. You knew Montana was gone after that year. And the Niners, they go to the NFC Championship game. They play the Cowboys. Steve Young has a bad game. He throws a couple of interceptions. And shockingly, for that game only, I'm really surprised they didn't go back to Joe Montana. I mean, this was Steve Young's first taste of the playoffs. You're the guy now, and he doesn't play very well. And it was certainly it wasn't all his fault, but you're looking for some kind of spark, and you have the best quarterback in the history of the NFL who's pretty fresh, you know, and just, you know, he just showed you a couple weeks ago, hey, I, I'm, I can come off the bench in the middle of the game and get it done. I know this offense. I'm really surprised for a spark they didn't try to go to Joe Montana in this game he never played. Start singing about you can't go home again, right? Is I guess what the decision was in real time on the sidelines going, all right, we go back here. We got ourselves a problem. I say, you know, we got to be heroes if only for one day. Steal from David Bowie as you go. I mean, what, whatever disruption in the locker room, you're, you're trying to succeed and proceed. Uh, but yeah, the decisions made to leave him in mothballs, uh, and, and away you go. And then we move on and we get the weird Joe Montana's running around in a Kansas City Chiefs uniform, uh, with success, mind you, but still, uh, you know, we talk about the other members of the 49ers finishing their run. It, it's odd, right? It's always odd when a guy, like, I, I celebrate the dude walking around with the Rams Namath jersey when I went to see the Bears-Rams this past year. Uh, but didn't mean it didn't look odd the entire yeah. time as yeah. I'm staring at him. Likewise, Montana had success with the Chiefs, but it's never going to look right. It just hits the brain wrong every time. You know, it's not that he didn't play great with the Chiefs. He played mm-hmm. well. He staved off his NFL mortality. Look, they, they got sure. to the playoffs a couple of times. He had some big moments. He had a big Monday night win over the Broncos. But clearly it was getting to the end. His body had betrayed him. And as difficult of a choice as it was, the Niners made the right call. They had to go to Steve Young. And look, Steve Young goes on when Super Bowls becomes a Hall of Fame player. It wasn't as popular. But I think even the fans knew, all right, at some point, Steve Young has got to play, right? He's pretty good. So even though it was controversial, it wasn't that big. It wasn't like, oh my goodness, you know, we're benching a superstar for a guy that's never done anything. I mean, this was Steve Young was brought in to do this and he sat for four years. I mean, he sat for a long time. He didn't get the starting job till he was 30. You know, this is all right. You know, we got to see Steve Young and, you know, hey, that kept the dynasty somewhat going, albeit it was different players, a different push. It was still Jerry Rice, who was the constant from Montana through to Young, but it was, it was a lot of different players and and the Niners knew okay we got to make this it's tough and they did it and clearly what were they going to do could Montana have won other games you know later on would he have stayed healthy enough to win Young was a different dynamic and he was able to to get outside the pocket and make plays with his legs and and he was really difficult to defend and you know look the Niners kept it going so clearly that was the right choice yeah I mean think about that now four years Four years, right? He comes over from Tampa Bay. You have the USFL, high price guy, a lot of expectations, and four years. I mean, in recent memory, you go from the, the Favre-Rogers relationship, and we, we fast forward to 2020, and now it's, well, is it Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love, and everybody's getting their popcorn ready to see how that goes, right? Whether it's still the same apprenticeship, insert your obligatory Star Wars reference here, which I know you will, but the idea being, you don't, you don't sit. 
right? Unless you're just some backup journeyman dude just kind of hanging in the weeds and they like you enough to where they're eventually going to promote you. you. You don't have these kind of situations, right? It comes to a head a lot faster. Either Steve Young would be fighting saying, this is not the right situation I need out, or Joe Montana would have. I mean, just think about that for a second to go back in time as we finish up here. If going into the NFC championship game in 1991, Niners are going for a three-peat. If I said to you, watch this game, it's the last game Joe Montana is going to start for the Niners, you would have said, you're crazy. Yeah, I'll bet any amount of money this is wrong. And I just think about how that turned out. Because that that's the one thing about both of these teams is that to go back to right before this game and think about where they were, you would have said the good times are going to continue to roll for both of these teams. And instead it was it was change and it was different directions for both of them. Absolutely insane. Uh, how about a little where are they now? Little, where are they now? Uh, well, you got my guy, Brent Jones. I'm going to start with him. Uh, a guy who I, I once had a great conversation at an East-West Shrine game uh, practice with him and Jerry Jones and Hayden Fry of uh, the Iowa Hawkeyes. Are, are you the Crazy. guy from the coach show, Hayden Fox? Because uh, I, I love the show. I like the Jerry Van Dyke character, too. He's pretty fun. One of those where you wish you had a digital camera back in the day so you could take a selfie because I'm standing on the sideline uh, and it was suddenly like I was a scout. It's a beautiful thing. Instead, you uh, had a Polaroid man. around your neck. <laughs> can I get a, Can we get a nice Polaroid like I'm in Rocky Three? right? Uh, he went in a big investment, Northgate Capital, venture capital, private equity firm, did some broadcasting uh, and then got into politics a bit. Uh, so we've got that. Uh, he, he coached a Monte Vista High, all the way back uh, where he actually coached Zach Ertz, one of our favorite players to watch uh, as you roll through. You mentioned Raul Alegre a bit earlier. Monday Night Football for Latin America uh, is where he headed. Matt Barr, two-time Super Bowl champion and hero here. Uh, he's an electrical engineer. You got Gary Reasons. We had to talk about him. Why? Because he's the he was the coach of the Oklahoma Yard Dogs, D-A-W-G-Z. Uh, he also is one of the founders of Pro Athletes Team after a long broadcasting career. But the idea of, hey, we all have these networks, right, taking LinkedIn for athletes, more or less, of, hey, you got connections. You can help this guy and you can help that guy. Let's all get together uh, and try to look out for everybody in terms of their wallets and their mental health. Uh, we talked about the Bears a bit earlier and well i like neil anderson so let's talk about him gainesville florida he helped start a bank and he owns a 2000 acre peanut farm wow that's a lot of peanuts how about that leonard marshall leonard marshall uh one of the guys uh one of the pioneers in terms of nfl players starting to do research on the positive effects of cannabis uh he was diagnosed with cte back in 2013 uh and does speeches and talks about the positive effects uh that it's had on his life and then you've got harry sydney a running back uh has a mentoring uh, outfit uh i guess would be the the mentoring business and an outreach program called my brother keeper uh, as we go through he holds the the interesting tidbit of the only player to catch touchdowns from Joe Montana 
and Brett Favre. Wow. You know, it's funny you mentioned uh, Raul Allegre. Allegre would go and kick for the Jets the following year because now the Giants had Matt Barr. Like, dude, you're a hero. We're going to let you go. He winds up kicking for the Jets in 1991, right? And in his Jets career, I remember this because this was such a big game. In the season finale against the Dolphins, he kicks the game-tying field goal in the final minutes and then wins the game in overtime, right? And the, the kicks were huge. Like One of the kicks was like 53 yards. And I always remember going, oh, my God, Rolo Legger, what a hero. Gets us into the playoffs. It was awesome. The Jets were back in the playoffs for the first time in years. I was so excited, right? So years later, I'm hosting on ESPN Radio all night, and, and he was doing... Uh, like ESPN Deportes, like an, being an analyst for the Monday night game. So I had him on my show after the game was over to talk about the Monday night game. So the first time he comes on, I go, Raul, first of all, I want to say thank you because I remember those two field goals you kicked for the Jets to get us to the playoffs in 1991. I appreciate that. He goes, Thank you so much. I remember those kicks so well. Thank you so much for bringing that. And suddenly, Rule Allegra was my guy, right? He would come on every week for the rest of the season. <laughs> talk about the season. I remember those kicks you had, man. Those were two big kicks in, in my life. Thank you. And he was, uh, thank you so much. Great dude. Had him on every week. He was fantastic. That's fantastic. Oh, I love that. I, mean, I love going into the histories. Made a lot of guys end up in coaching, and and in a lot of our episodes, you, you can't dismiss that because they're doing a lot of good thing and mentorship uh, that flows through those coaching jobs. But every once in a while, we, we get some some really uh, real left turns of guys going into passion projects or maybe something their family members had always talked about, and now they had the funds to do it. Uh, it's it's a fun part of the, doing this special teams podcast podcast each week. So there is our look back at the 1991 NFC Championship game. The Giants and the 49ers, Montana's end. I'm Jason Smith. He's Mike Harmon. Our show on Fox Sports Radio airs Monday through Friday, 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. on the East Coast, 7 to 11 on the West Coast. You have an idea for a future special teams episode? Hey, drop us a line on Twitter at HowAboutAFresca. Mike at Swollen Dome. Let us know who you might want to see in some upcoming episodes. We'll talk to you next week. Before you go, rate and review the show, whether you're listening on iHeartRadio, iHeartRadio apps, Apple, whatever it is. Give us a rate. Tell us you like it. We will love you forever and ever and ever. Special Teams is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real Steel. 
Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.